0: What's up, everybody? Dom here with RB, coming at you with another episode of Top of the List. Um, on this one, we're talking Wonder Woman 1984, the much-anticipated sequel to Wonder Woman, which came out back in 2017. Yep. And um, I think we should start out with, I, I, I had to think about what I want to say here. Um, I don't want to go away into spoilers too much, because, guys, I do recommend that you go and watch this one for yourselves think about what you uh your opinion is but i mean don't be pushed off by our opinion or if you really don't feel like you want to um watch this one (laughs) or you want to know what we think before um hard to recommend this one i think for both of us um but first i think we should start off with what we thought about the first film yes and that will kind of lead us into why we think what we think about this one so the first film for me was an easy eight and a half. Um, maybe you can even convince me a nine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right where I'd fall right there at about a nine out of 10. I thought the first one was an excellent film. I thought Gal Gadot was fantastic, as was Chris Pine. Um, brilliant casting uh, for both of them. Loved the story, loved the cinematography, both in uh, Themiscura as well as in, you know, the battle sequences going on during World War I. I really like that we went with a World War I setting. You know, that's something that we don't see often on film. A lot of films, you know, center around World War II. Of course, 1917, notably a film last year that was World War I. And not to mention
0: that my, one of my main things I'm going to be bringing up in this one, guys, the counterpart to Wonder Woman in the MCU, you know, this is DC in the MCU. The counterpart to Wonder Woman, Captain America, yes. and Captain America, the first Avenger, the the first Captain America film, a World War II film. Yeah. This one goes World War One. Exactly. And I think the first Wonder Woman was a better film than the first Captain America. Agreed.
1: Film. Agreed. One hundred percent. Like I said, I think they went original with World War One, something yeah, done realistic today. and That's extremely the most realistic. Yes. Uh, I did have some nitpicks with uh, the first one. wasn't crazy about our Ares. I think Ares I'm is one, yes. Yeah. I thought Ares is one of the coolest, like in, in the cartoons and in the comics. You know, one of the coolest uh, villains. I didn't think they did him justice. But that said, I really love the first one. I mean, I gave the first one a 9 out of 10. I don't know if you're going to go 8.5 or 9. But either way, uh, above a great film. The original Wonder Woman in 2017.
0: Not the original, but the original from the DC Extended Universe. And, you know, we'll bring it more up as we talk about this one. But uh, just to list off a few bright spots from the first Wonder Woman film. Themyscira, one of the best locations in any superhero movie. Um, Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, the play off of each other, fantastic. Um, And the band of, you know, counterparts that build, the four soldiers. Each has a unique personality, each with an emotional connection. Phenomenal. but like we said, uh, third act where, you know, Ares reveals his true identity and we have, it kind of explodes into this gigantic CGI fueled battle at the end. Mm-hmm. And in recent news, when this film came out, our director, Patty Jenkins, has said that Warner Brothers forced her to have a gigantic battle scene at the end of the first Wonder Woman. She wanted to go with a more subtle, personal ending to the film but the studio said no we need a big gigantic battlefront to to, you know go on par with um you know the mcu films which was a mistake in my opinion and that's why it's not a 10 not a nine and a half you know it's nine or eight and a half
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah okay so now let's go into why we think without spoilers wonder woman at first we're going to go spoilers give our we're going to go non-spoiler give our scores then spoilers and specific reasons why so Wonder Woman for both of us was a massive disappointment, guys. Um, Unfortunately, I'm gonna give it a five and a half out of 10, which is not bad, four, four and a half is bad in our book. Mm -hmm. Five is average, you know, nothing really stood out that much. I'm gonna give it a five and a half, just slightly above average. Okay, I'm gonna give this film a six
1: and a half out of 10, slightly above good. I thought this film had You know, all the elements of an enjoyable, you know, 1970s, 1980s, you know, DC or Marvel superhero live action movie. Uh, So I enjoyed this film, don't get me wrong, but to put it at the level of an MCU film. Or a good DC extended universe film like uh, you know Aquaman or Wonder Woman, Shazam. I could not Or Shazam, that's another great one. I could not put it at that level. So this film was, you know, it was good. I could watch it. I could even watch it again if someone had not seen it and said, "Oh, let's just throw it on." But nothing above, uh, you know, nothing great. You know, it was it was
0: good. And it's hard to talk about why we don't like this right. one without spoilers. Yes. Um, you know, we, you have to go specifics for this one. You know, one of my favorite guys on YouTube that also does movie reviews, he did spoilers in his review as well right at the start. He never does that. Um, that's Chris Stuckman, my uh, favorite guy on YouTube to watch reviews for. But. Yeah, so we, we got to talk spoilers. We got to go ahead. We gave our number scores. So you guys know what we think of the film just by, you know, our adjectives that we put with our scores. You know, mine's slightly above average. Ryan gives it a little bit higher and maybe he'll explain why. But guys, if you haven't seen the film, check it out for yourself. I think that we can safely say that. And we want to know what you think because um, I think your, uh, Caitlin, your girlfriend, she actually liked this one a lot. So, you know, maybe, maybe people can vary on this right. one. I'm not 100% sure, but did not satisfy the expectations of the first Wonder Woman. Um, safe to say that absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah.
1: and i think without further ado let's get into uh you know our spoiler section here so spoilers yep pause it if you have not seen this yet if not stick around for us hear what we have to say and then feel free to leave a comment on your thoughts but let's start i want to think with a high point of the film okay that opening sequence where we get young diana competing with all the other themiscurians you know they're all full-grown adults and she's this probably you know 10 year old girl if that competing in whatever this, you know, in tournament is.
0: And this is my reason why I give this such a low score. I was thinking about getting, giving it a six and a half like you, Ryan, just out of pity. But the biggest thing that I could say against this film is the first 20 minutes, I thought this was gonna be the yeah. best DCEU film yet. Without a doubt. You know, no, with no. the Gladiator Arena, to even the mall sequence with the first where she's stopping the robbers. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be the best film they've made so far. Mm-hmm. But then there is a, well, I guess we should start with this gladiator sequence. Yeah. The biggest vice for me is that this scene was action packed, thrilling, exciting, and emotional. You know, you, she learns a lesson at the end that you can't take a shortcut. Yep this lesson does not come back yes. for the rest of the film thank you yes
1: this was created for one reason and one reason only i feel like and that's for to to set for the armor and you know the, the post credit scene Absolutely. to introduce i forget uh, uh it's not gonna say it starts with an a yeah yeah well, yeah I'll, I'll look it up. You go okay. ahead. Keep, yeah, but yeah. I agree. This sequence was not only I uh, did I love like you said the action, the emotion, but also the you know once again we're back on Themyscira, where I would say some of the best scenes in the uh, the original Wonder Woman film from two thousand seventeen were uh, you know. So I was hoping we have more recalls of Themyscira because it's a gorgeous, incredible location. I, I understand. Great yeah. in four K. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Mochi.
0: Moti, Moti. <laughs> oh um, she liked this film so she's disagreeing with. oh us. she's very upset with our <laughs> scores right now but yeah so we get to, through this Themyscira sequence and there's a big lesson learned we get a returning cast some awesome um, cinematography there I thought it was going to be fantastic we get to the mall sequence and it feels like a Christopher Reeve Superman film at some points you know the way that she shot it by uh, Patty Jenkins. Um, it even feels, um, you know, a little bit like 1980s at the beginning. And that's why I like, I was like, oh, she's gonna go for a 1980s style of filmmaking. Right, yes. But it fades away after Without this film. Without a doubt,
1: this film, like we just mentioned in Soul, for those of you who watched our Soul review, this film had the ability to take advantage of being set In an awesome, awesome time period in 1984, and it just completely falls flat. I mean, I think when we look at, you know, we want to compare it to an MCU, we look at, you know, the film that took place in the 90s, and you and I disagreed with this um, Captain Marvel. You thought it fell flat in, you know, taking advantage of that timeline. I would say that this one fell even flatter, being unable to take advantage of taking place in 1984. I mean, it's in the title, and I understand. There's some literary allusions there to George Orwell's nineteen eighty four. We get that in the mall sequence where everyone's watching the TV, sort of similar to the the screens in nineteen eighty-four, George Orwell's nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. But I, I totally
0: agree that it fell flat there. I think that Captain Marvel now, after saying this, did a much better job. I am even liking that film better. Now seeing, you know, another female-led film fail like this. Um, I, I just think that it was a little disappointing, you know, that they didn't go all the way with the time period except for the clothes they dress in and making a few jokes about their clothing. That's it. And um, just chronologically speaking, we get um, these two action sequences at the front, the Mascara and the mall sequence. And then for the rest of the film, we get a total of two more action sequences. Mm -hmm. And this is my biggest sore point, guys i'm gonna compare it to the mcu because they're trying to make films like the mcu now and you know of course we're also trying to um compare it to films that were in the mcu but you know we're also trying to um draw lines to other action films that Sorry for the technical difficulties. Mochi was talking over us too much, so we had to put her in the other room. But we're all good now. So back to my comparison of what I was making. Um, You know, we had Captain America, and then we had Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This is the film that would compare to Captain America, you know, the sequel to it. In Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we got one of the best action movies ever made. I mean, just thinking about Captain America's escape from Hydra gives me the chills, you know, the reveal of Hydra, you know, him fighting Bucky and the the knives and the metal arm and him catching. That's one of the best action movies of all time. We get a total of four action sequences and they're all extremely CGI heavy. It does not look real. They did not do well with the action sequences in this movie. I agree. I agree very much. They did do well. With the first two, actually, yeah. as we just mentioned, yeah, you know,
1: both of us were locked in, buckled the, up the first, what, is that 30 minutes, 20 minutes of this film? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yeah. then it, that was like all they wanted to give us in this film. Yeah. Um, I understand they wanted to go a little more, it seemed lighthearted in the vein of an MCU film. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, a lot of it fell flat because I felt like a lot of the comedy they played on, we've seen before, we've seen with Captain America, you know, coming out of Freeze, that we saw with uh, Trevor, right? Yes, Steve Steve Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, Uh, you know, so I thought that was, you know, I thought that kind of fell flat to me. Uh, I also, you know, was very disappointed with the acting in the film, at least from our main characters. Yeah. Uh, And those being, of course, Gal Gadot, and uh, and Chris Pine. Personally, uh, you know, we had two supporting actors who are our villains in the forms of Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal, who, to me, they were pleasantly surprising. I did not expect as great of performances by them. But from what we saw from Gal Gadot and uh, Chris Pine in the first film, the second film, they both felt extremely, extremely flat to me.
0: And here's my problem, it's not necessarily that it's the actor's fault for me, mm-hmm. it's that, they had nothing to work with. Chris Pine is one of the best actors of our generation. He has so many great films out there. Hell or High Water, one of my favorite films ever. One of the best Westerns, uh, new new Westerns ever. He's fantastic in that. He just had nothing to work with in this film, except to just, you know, bumble around in the 1980s because he's from the like, yeah. you know, 1920s. Yeah. And as for Kristen Wig and Pedro Pascal, they had some stuff to work with, except um, I think we should go into Kristen Wiig okay. first. Yeah. Her character arc, we have seen a thousand yeah. times, specifically in superhero movies. Yeah. Let me just point it out: Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, she is an underappreciated worker that turns out to turn into a villain because no one appreciates her. Jim Carrey as the Riddler, Poison Ivy, um, what's his name? Jamie Fox as Electro. The list goes on and on, guys. Underappreciated person that you know is smarter than what they are. Thought of as their bosses, you know, not, you know, kind of awkward, clumsy, not necessarily attractive, becomes attractive by the end of the movie. It's been done a thousand times. It's not Kristen Wigg's fault, it's the writing.
1: I agree. Now, here's where I'm just going to interject and give a big positive to Kristen Wigg. I have never seen Kristen Wigg in a serious film. She is a fantastic comical actress, and she plays a very similar role in, you know, the the sort of awkward, bumbling, you know, underappreciated person. Usually it's in a comedy film. When she starts turning a little bit, I was curious to see if her character, uh, if she could hold up in a serious role. And I thought she did an excellent job in her debut. You know, we talk about, uh you know comedy actors going into serious roles i think adam sandler did a fantastic job in uncut gems sort of his first serious role yeah. another one that comes to mind i don't know if you've seen uh catcher
0: oh yeah
1: yeah with steve carell yes. uh, another guy who's known for comedy who played a brilliant brilliant yeah. serious role and i think christian Wigg pulled it off here as well granted i see what you're saying you know it was a Uh, you know, a silhouette of a supervillain that we've seen a million times. But to see her do it, I was pleasantly
0: surprised. Okay, and while we're on the subject of her character, can we talk about, um, she gets a few dark scenes, but let's talk about that scene where she turns into the cheetah as we know her from the comics. And what'd you think of the design when she's full cheetah?
1: it was a little stupid looking it was
0: stupid <laughs> yeah. come on and the worst part once again i'm going to go into the action scenes guys wonder woman in this awesome fantastically designed armor versus cheetah it is pitch black in that scene you yes, can't even correct. see what's going on correct. it's that is action 101 you have to be able to see what's going mm. on and it's all cg you can tell these two chris and wig and gal gadot maybe they could do a few things that, like actually but you can tell They just made it dark so they could do as much CG as possible. And it's terrible. And it's supposed to be that climactic scene where- Yeah, that scene
1: definitely for what should have been, like you said, the climactic scene. No, the climactic level action sequences were at the beginning of this film. Uh, The rest of this film, I mean, almost like a political thriller. I wouldn't even consider this an action film.
0: Uh, Which is what Captain America Winter Soldier tried. There
1: is incredible action. In Captain America, yeah. Winter Soldier, between these political scenes. This was just Pedro Pascal uh, having the ability to rise to power. Now, granted, I thought he did really well
0: in this He's film, too. A great actor, yep. and he does great with what he has. But they use, once again, it's the writing for me in yep. this one. Yep. The laziest trick in the book. Yep. Have an object that can do anything. Yep. terrible. I, yeah uh
1: that the wishing stone right yeah i mean what what was that we get no backstory on it <laughs> yeah. there's a black market jewelry store in a, in a mall someone knows about it tries to steal it it gets shipped to the Smithsonian, and then he sees it and steals it because he knows about it but there's no backstory to this at all you know we have oh, he's been looking for yeah. it for a long time that's all we get yeah we <laughs> had this back you know this awesome sequence of nemascura that maybe we could find out about the wishing stone uh, but we don't, we don't at all. And we get, you know, a few hints here that, oh, it was God created. That's, this is the language of the gods, it was God created. But otherwise, yeah. what, what is this thing? And, yeah. what, and then it's gone like that. You know, he wishes that he can become it, fine. And that's it for the stone. You know, it's not even brought up the rest of the film.
0: And I would have liked to see a little more explanation of why is he getting hurt by it more? Because you know right. yeah. Let's think about to, how to implement a wish. Great, Aladdin the genie he gets he gives a light in the lamp and the first thing he says you get three wishes mm-hmm. you cannot wish for someone to fall in love with you you cannot wish for someone to come back from the dead that as an audience means oh wow he's restricted to things right. you know it's wishing but there's restrictions only yeah. three mm-hmm. how is he going to work his way to use these three wishes and this one it's Unlimited wishes and- It's just yeah. one wish per person. Yeah. But
1: we don't even see, you know, we see him starting to, you know, get hurt by that. We don't see that with the stone. It would make sense if like every time someone wished something for the stone, a, you know, it chipped or it started to, to degrade. We don't see that with the stone. I agree. It made no sense. It just was
0: a great, to, you know, put a limit on what he could do. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I think maybe one of the positives in this guy's character arc was his son, his relationship with his son that kind of worked
1: out but it was kind of tacked on it wasn't touched on nearly enough it was put in there just to give uh you know diana to give wonder woman an ability to stop him right that was it it was his weakness yeah and then we do we we do get a big you know reveal at the end we see a little bit about his childhood you know pedro pascal he was abused and he he was was late exactly yes this was so you know this needed to be touched on early on in the film on why we want why he wants to be this wealthy oil tycoon, like you know it didn't really make sense he was just some rich guy who, you know blew his
0: investors money yeah absolutely and let's talk about um, something I thought was a bright spot mm-hmm. or not even a bright spot but just a cool moment mm-hmm. flying in the invisible jet with Steve Trevor I thought was cool finally we get to see the invisible jet but that's as far as it goes it's like okay cool great I, don't, I, don't, I, I found that very very
1: it's cheesy i i i'm not a fan of the invisible jet maybe not no. in the comics not in the cartoons i just i didn't think they needed to bring it in a wonder woman film and they did bring it in a wonder woman film
0: and i was and disappointed they bring in so many plot holes in this movie how come she doesn't have the ability to make things invisible in justice league which takes place way in the future true yeah. how come she learns to fly in this one but never
1: flies in justice league yeah no that's a great point it's just tacking on stuff to wonder woman uh, as if this film took place after the events of Justice League or she was also in Superman
0: versus Batman, right?
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: it's supposed to be this great emotional moment like, you know, when we see Spider-Man swinging through the street. You know, how about in, we just recently yeah. watched Spider-Man 2. How about when he finally gets his powers back? Like in this movie, it's trying to be Spider-Man 2. When Spider-Man gets his powers back and he's swinging through the city to go save Mary Jane and then we get the most incredible action sequence in any superhero movie, the train sequence. Yep. Pen versus Otto Octavius. Yep. It's both. It's so emotional. Like I was tearing up. It's so fantastic. The city saves them. They're trying to pull it off in this movie. Her flying is just her swinging on lightning yeah, bolt It's exactly. not emotional. It's and can I,
1: can I also just put this out there about uh, that sequence that just really upset me? Just sidebar. Yeah. Uh, our pilot there, you know, Steve <laughs> Trav, he's, he's Steve Trevor, not Trevor. Steve Trevor is a World War One pilot. Why is he able to just get into a 1980s fighter jet and just, yeah, I'm gonna fly it. I thought the yeah. same
0: thing. Yeah, I was, uh, okay. I thought the yeah. same thing. They give him a little thing, and he's like, oh, maybe this is the on-switch. Nope. Oh, this is the on-switch Wait, like, no. able to do it. No <laughs> problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, I, I think that was a big miss. And sure, like, I mean, even then, like, her swing on the lightning bolts, it's a cool idea, but it looks terrible. The CG wasn't yeah, that great. Exactly. It was like, I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't – here's the main thing for me, guys, um, and this is like a bigger t- topic on movies as it is right now hbo max is going to be airing a bunch of films that they would normally be airing in theaters for me i'm glad they put this one on hbo max because i wouldn't want to pay to go see this one in theaters i see
1: i'm gonna meet you halfway there though okay i agree i would have been frustrated walking out of a movie theater having paid 15 bucks plus popcorn you know whatever to go see this yeah. but that said I think one of the major flaws of this film was that it wasn't seen on the big screen, because like I said, I enjoyed this as a superhero film. Superhero films are great to go see, you know, if not in IMAX, just on the big screen. An yeah. IMAX, of course, yeah. uh, with Dolby Atmos and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool to see, you know, but yes, I hear what you're saying. I would have been upset that I watched this. That being said, I was more frustrated because I had to watch it on, you know, a, a traditional home format, albeit a 55-inch TV, but still, yeah. you know, it wasn't the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, the film looks great in 4K. It's really clean and everything. But here's the fact that the matter. A lot of people don't have great TVs like you and me. You know, you and me have brand new 4K TVs. A lot of people just have regular TVs like you had before, and they're not going to be able to appreciate it like we did. Right, yeah. Which, you know, brings us as close as we can to the theater because we're watching in 4K right. like in the theater. Yes. But, you know, a lot of people won't be able to experience it that way. And, you know, the CG is just going to look even worse on a lower-level TV. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think... Is there anything else you want to touch on here?
1: I mean, like I said, uh, you know, the, the positive takeaways of this film for me, Christian Wigg pulling off a serious-ish role. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I really enjoyed him going, you know, sort of dissenting into madness. Major flaw that we didn't touch on, but I just want to add it in there. Yeah. There was no punishment for our villains.
0: They just that's, walk away scot-free. So that That's a big thing for yeah. me. Not only was it just, you know, everyone walks away scot-free, we don't get to see where Kristen Wiig go. We get one shot of her turning away from like turning back to her human form, and then that's it. Yep. Pedro Pascal hugs his son and walks into yep. the sunset. Mm-hmm. And then what the biggest writing issue for me was is that seemingly it was up to everyone individually to revert their wish. How do we know everyone just chose to reverse of their course. wish? Yeah. And yeah how come everyone remembers? So does that, is it just in the permanent history of that in 1984, that just all this chaos happened and everyone just like, oh, okay, that happened. Yeah, that was right. a thing. I guess, yeah. And is there no, like, everyone remembers? Like there's no repercussions. Like, it was just like, the writing was not up to par.
1: I, I agree, I agree with you, definitely. I think there's one last thing okay. we have to talk about and that would be the post-credit scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, uh, so we get Asteria, Asteria. that's right, I mean. mm-hmm. it's of course, played by linda carter yeah. who's uh you know diana prince wonder woman from it was it from the movie or television series television, television yeah. series there we go now i gotta ask you dom because you're more the yeah. movie you know you know more about this than i do yeah is this something that they just threw in so they could get linda carter because of course you get the turn and the wink at the camera you know i've done this before or is this something that's setting up for the next wonder woman film the amazonians that will get more you know back on themiscure and we'll learn
0: more about Asteria's character from what I can tell yeah. Asteria has not been established in the comics and this is them doing an original character okay which to me is saying we just want Linda Carter in right Wonder Woman film okay um maybe there's some big parallels you can make maybe she's mentioned in one or two comics but it's nothing substantial right. which you know is them saying we're going to take a like maybe a character that's mentioned in passing and make it big right I don't know where they're going to go with this. They already said they're going Wonder Woman 3. They confirmed after this movie came out. Patty Jenkins is coming back. Gal Gadot is coming back. We're going to get a Wonder Woman 3. You said it's the Amazonians. Yeah. Where can they go with this area? I don't know. After this one, it, to me, it seems like they're going to go too cheesy. Well, I mean, this very well could have
1: been just a cameo to play the nostalgia of an older audience who yeah. remembers Patty Jenkins as Wonder Woman. Uh, I Mike mean, Carter. my dad, so, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, Linda Carter, Patty Jenkins, of course, the director of this film. Yeah, yeah my, my dad, that was the most, uh, yeah. my dad and I watched this film together, and that was the most he got excited for this entire film, was seeing Linda Carter, uh, because that's who he remembers as Wonder Woman, right?
0: Yeah, and, you know, Linda Carter wasn't Supergirl, and Linda Carter played the president of the United States in Supergirl, and she actually did a good job in that role, um, a lot of great material for her in the Supergirl CW show, and this one, it just seems like they're just trying to add her in, um, I don't know where they could go. Like I said, not really an established character in the comic as far as I could tell. Got it. Confirm that. But
1: uh, well, we've seen yeah. some some interesting, you know, original stories. I mean, Joker is the one that comes to mind, of course, a completely original take on the backstory of the Joker. So maybe we do get something new and original uh, in this DC Extended Universe. Of course, Joker, if I'm not mistaken, not part of DC. Right. U. Not really connected. Um, uh, but you know, maybe they'll they'll take a jump on this, uh, take a gamble on it, and we'll love it. So you know, we're we're not by any means going to stop watching these films, especially now that they're coming to HBO Max. Right. Although, hopefully, you know, as more films come out, you know, the pandemic uh, slows down a little bit and we can start being comfortable with going to see it in the theaters again.
0: Absolutely. And let me just say something, guys. Bert, a DCEU film, a female-led DCEU, we don't have that many female-led films. Guys, go watch Birds of Prey. That's a oh, female-led yeah. film that hit it out of the park. That's like a 9 out of 10 for me. I thought yeah. that was an amazing movie. Yeah, pun intended there with the Harley Quinn hammer hit it out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they have, they know how to make a great female led superhero film, even more so than the MCU at some points. I thought Birds of Prey was better than Captain Marvel in many ways. I agree, yeah. So they know, it's not like they don't know how to do it. I hope they can figure out how to make a better script next time. Um, We've droned on too long, guys. Uh, On the channel, you can find Soul. Um, We just did a review for that one, Um, as well as this video. We're gonna drop our top five films of 2020, as well as Safety. We're gonna drop in, I think, January 2021, as well as a special anniversary review that we don't wanna give away the film, but it's the anniversary of this film we're gonna be reviewing soon, before the end of 2020. Um, uh, Anything else,
1: Ryan? Nothing from me. You can find us, though, on uh, social media. Uh, You can find Dom on Instagram and Twitter at Dom Gonzalez, D-O-M-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S 48. You can find me on Instagram at R-B underscore V underscore S-I-D and on Twitter at RB with the call, Feel free to give us a follow. Uh, also to message us any questions or any reviews you'd like to see us do or your thoughts on uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Of course, you can always like, comment, subscribe uh, here on YouTube For those of you listening on our podcast. Be sure to give us a five-star review, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Top of the List, guys.